Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Transformation Code podcast. Now, first and foremost, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in and listening to us once again. We promise to deliver you a top quality podcast today that's going to help you with your transformation journey. So my name is Tommy Gentleman, and I, of course, am one half of this podcast. Kat's the other half. Hey, Kat, how are you today? Are you good? I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm really cool. And uh, hey, me, Kat, you and I share something in common. We're both personal trainers. The guys already know that. We're already in, involved in helping people achieve physical transformations in the gym, outside the gym, online, all of these areas. When it comes to food, when it comes to, when it comes to exercise, we've been doing this for years now. But there's something that we share in common that the listeners might or might not know about. But we are both NLP practitioners and we are actively involved at helping our clients achieve positive lifestyle transformations. And we're going to do that in these podcasts by sharing our expertise, sharing our knowledge on how the mind works and how we can tune our mindset in to be more productive, to get more things done. And ultimately, one thing that's really important, create positive habits over the top of where we might have had negative habits in the past. And we're going to be talking about habits today. Habits are so important. But hey, Kat, would you want to explain exactly why we need to pay conscious attention to our habits? Yeah, for sure. So habits uh, are small. They're, they're little things we do every day. We almost do them on autopilot, but they're really powerful because they add up over time. So all habits are powerful. Even the most, you know, the things that seem the most insignificant, when you when you use the power of addition over time, day after day after day after day, uh, they, they become very hard to break. Uh, there's a great quote by Tyrone Edwards that says, any act often repeated soon forms a habit, and if allowed, steadily gets stronger. At first, it may be a spider's web easily broken through. For example, if it was just you know a couple of days you do things in a row. Mm-hmm. But if it's not resisted, it soon, it soon binds us with chains of steel. So it's like... Uh, you start doing something on a regular basis and your brain goes, hey, hang on, I sense a pattern forming. So our brain is always after the patterns, like what is this person doing um, day after day after day? Let's put that on autopilot so I can yeah. clear some space in my brain for other activities. It's always looking for things that we do repetitively so it can kind of dump it into the unconscious. And, and You'll often hear the analogy used about when you when you start riding a bike or driving a car and how it's really hard and you have to consciously focus on on how to do everything and it seems like there's so many things to learn and so many things going on and then now it's just we don't even think about it we can just jump in our car and go. So our brain is always looking to make things more efficient, and this can really work for us, but if the habit is not serving us, if it's not helpful, uh, it can become powerful, and it can become very hard to break, as we all know. The longer you've done something, the harder it is to, to break it. Yeah, because it's it's a, an accumulation, isn't it, of behaviours, so doing one thing again and again and again on an on an unconscious level automatically without having to put any mental energy into it 
ultimately we are always a product of our environment. So if we're doing something on a regular basis that's perhaps holding us back from, let's say, losing body fat or getting fitter, if it's hindering that process, then we're always going to have a bit of an obstacle. So it's important, isn't it, to be able to identify where the negative habits are in your life and the things that you're doing that are holding you back from what you really want and then layering in ways that you can change that to become a positive outcome. So, I mean, when we're talking about long-lasting change, there's something that everybody kind of strives for. You want to get a result forever. You don't want to have it for a day or for a week. You don't want to have that dream body just for a short time. You want to make sure that you've got that and that you keep it. So long-lasting change is only going to happen if we change our daily habits, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. So it really comes down to the small, and this is why it can get overlooked, is because people think that's that's not a big deal. Like, uh, you know, surely it's going to come by doing this massive turnaround, this ma- you know, going on this mad diet and doing this really strict, crazy detox thing. Like people find it hard to th- to think of things in just very small cumulative amounts. Um, but the fact is that that is what it's going to take, and we don't like to think of that. We want like this answer that's going to give us this rapid, sudden change. Um, but the fact is that if you just change one habit, just one thing for a month, and you do that every month, by the end of the year, you've got 12 new habits that are actually going to last. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like much, but um, people try and change 20 kind of habits all at once by, say, jumping from their normal lifestyle into a diet or into a very um, different kind of lifestyle change, like giving a whole lot of stuff up all at once. <clears throat> and it's too much of a sudden change for the brain. The brain's like, what? Um, so so we need to think in terms of um, almost, uh, I've heard it described as like you're trying to sneak past your unconscious without it really noticing. Like you just do little things that it, it won't, suddenly kind of uh, freak out and try and go back into homeostasis. Yeah. Um, for example, when you do a massive change to your diet, the body is going to react and it's going to send out hunger signals and cravings and all these kind of things, whereas if we change a few small habits, it's almost like it's not going to notice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does, but it doesn't have this drastic effect. Um, but when it comes to habits... The thing is, like most of us, we don't like change. We, we go to the same shops each day. We go to the same places. You know, we drive the same way to work. We hang out with the same people. <clears throat> and if we don't step in somewhere, this will just keep going on and on and on. And it's that, that quote by Albert Einstein, I love, you know, insanity is yeah. expected a different result without without changing anything. Um, so we don't like change, but we want to do something drastic. However, Obviously, failure is just a few errors repeated day after day after day. It's quite subtle. And you can't judge the result of something after just a few days. For example, you can't do some push-ups and then go to the mirror the next day and expect to see a change in your you know, bigger chest or whatever. <laughs> it happens over time. So um, we, particularly with weight loss, you know, we have a few weeks where we've got this lag time where we're not seeing any result. We're doing these little habits that seem insignificant, but we're not actually seeing the effect of it. So often it's just like this um, thing happening in the background. We've got to just trust the process that it's it's actually it's, it's happening. We just can't see it because it might be that we're losing uh, 100 grams a day. Yeah. And we don't really see that on the scale, for example. Yeah. It's, like, it's almost like the people who achieve 
the short-term successful changes in their daily behavior will be the ones that achieve success overall, you know, long-term, because they all stack up. As you said, I had a, I had a, a brand new client start this morning. And one of the points that I always look to bring across with a new client is that you are a product. We are all a product of our environment. And there are certain actions, certain behaviors that are coming from your mind and translating into action that are at the moment holding you back because you're looking to achieve transformation, you're looking to achieve weight loss, you're looking to achieve strength gains, whatever it might be. There will be something. Of course, there might be many things, but the key is to find one thing, and we're going to we're going to touch on this a little bit later towards the end of this episode. But finding one thing that you can look at, that you can identify, and then you can unwrap and peel away, and then establish a better, more positive behaviour in place of that one thing, will be the way that you achieve change. And like you said, Kat, hey, imagine if you did one thing a month. By the end of the year, you'd have twelve new positive behaviours, new positive habits. But also, you would have lost 12 negative uh, habits that you would have replaced them with. So that's how you achieve the long-term result. And, and one thing that I always say to people as well, just before we move on, if you could have it, if you could have it at all or never have it, which one you know, would you choose? Of course, you'd want to have it no matter when that was. So change that whole, I'm going to get it in three weeks, I'm going to get it in four weeks mentality and focus on just getting it. Because you'll get there once you achieve these tiny little footsteps, these little habit changes. Would you agree, Kat? Yeah, so it's better to start something now um, knowing that it is going to bring a long-term result than kind of keep risking it by jumping on this, oh, that didn't work, go back to square one. Oh, I'll jump on something else, that didn't work, go back to square one. Yeah. So we, we don't want to take on anything that potentially is going to set us up for a habit that we then have to change again. Yeah. So this is why I don't like... Um, I'm not a big fan of things that you're just going to go on it and then go off it. I was talking to a lady recently that um, has given up sugar and she said she's going to do it for a month. And I thought, you know, if you've spent at least three weeks doing it, you've now created a habit and then you're going to go back on it again. Um, the, the result of that month, it's not really going to keep affecting your life once you stop it. Yeah. So if, you, if you're going to spend that time, you know, going through that willpower and going through the discipline of cutting something off like sugar, um, to me, it should be a view that you you keep it, you keep it for long for the rest of your life. And yeah. I'm not saying never eat sugar again, but it's, if you're going to take on a new habit, it's hard work. It's hard to change. Our bodies don't want to change. Our minds don't want to change. So. I think try and pick habits that are gonna that you want to actually keep as as your identity. As I'm the kind of person that just doesn't do that, or I do it on a a ten percent basis or a special occasion basis or whatever it is. Um, but because when you understand the power of habits, you, you don't kind of mess with them because yeah. you've just put all that energy into changing something. So really, really pick your habits wisely. You know. Don't, don't just go, oh, yeah, I'll try that. Oh, I'll try that. Um, put some put some thought around it because they are so powerful. Once you've overcome them, it's awesome. They're on autopilot. You know, Definitely. I don't have to think now um, about whether I'm going to eat bread or not, for example, because that's a habit I have now beaten. I don't, I don't eat it. So it's now easy for me to say no. It's not even on my radar, if you know what I mean. I don't walk through the supermarket and have to exercise willpower. Mm-hmm. It's now ingrained 
and me. Um, and, and I'm sure all of you guys that are listening that have, that have um, given things up, for example, smoking or anything like that, you just, you just don't even question it now. It's just yeah. not even an option. So that, that's what we want to go for here. Yes, definitely. Because anybody who's ever achieved anything successful in their life by definition of their own or other people would have had to have positive habits in place because it's the positive habits that equals the success as we keep saying hey for a second imagine this if you're listening to this podcast right now imagine if you could exercise or eat healthy or do whatever you need to do as effectively as you tie your own shoelaces up because you probably don't even think about tying up your shoelaces you just string those bad boys together and before you know it your shoes are nice and tight you don't even think about it. It's an unconscious process because you've learned to deal with that unconsciously on autopilot. So imagine if you could do all the little things that you need to do in order to be that person you want to be, but as easy and effortlessly as you tie up your own shoes. Wouldn't that be cool? And it's absolutely possible. Like All habits are learnable. All habits, um, they do require, um, obviously, some personal strategic planning. They require... Um, obviously willpower and discipline um i heard a great definition of discipline the other day it's, um on a podcast a guy was saying discipline is, is any act that would make your future you say thank you so anything that your future you would go thank you for doing that nice. now i don't have to work all of that off like thank you for um you know he gave an example um of going back for seconds and, and having a conversation with your future you going, really, you really think I want to work that plate of seconds off? <laughs> really, you think that's what I want? Um, so it's, it's like this current you and future you having a conversation. And uh, I think it's really powerful because discipline discipline doesn't feel good at the time, but it's, it's like you're paying it forward. It's almost like a savings account that you're paying to your future you. Um, and your future you is going to thank you for it. It's, it's going to look back and go, thank you for doing all that exercise. Now I'm, sure. I'm reaping the rewards of, of all of that. You know, genuine success, is, it's never accidental. It's methodical. It's intentional. It's habitual. Um, we see things that people do that look effortless, you know, successful people that have these great habits in place. But they've done it so many times. They've had to work on that until it's become yep. automatic for them. So we, we think it's effortless, but actually – Behind the scenes, there's been a whole lot of work for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's that saying, public victory comes from private discipline. It's those times when you're in the gym, no one knows what you're doing, um, yeah. unless you're, you know, taking selfies and Facebooking, you know, <laughs> I'm at the gym doing this. But, you know, most of the time, we're just going through the motions without without anyone knowing what we're doing. It's, it's just that day after day, people say it's like they grind, but when you get it, when you have a revelation of why you're doing it and the benefits, um, you will you know, set your alarm and you'll get out the door if, if that's what you've decided to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, what we're going to do here, we're just going to move on to explain a little bit more about what habits actually are. And not all habits are created equal because there's a little bit of a difference, isn't there? between some of these habits? Yeah, so um, habits, there's things that are um, 
that are just small little things that we do without thinking about. Um, but there are some some key what, what are called keystone habits, which are these kind of overarching powerful habits. Um, there's a great book called uh, The Power of Habits, mm-hmm. which I recommend. Um, it's by Charles Duhigg. Uh, he talks about keystone habits, and these habits are like stones that are formed in an arch. So basically, you remove one of them, and the rest of them fall over. Mm-hmm. So these are the habits that we really need to go after because the keystone habits they have the power to create a chain reaction. So they change other habits as they move through your life like some habits matter more than others and basically influencing how we how we train how we eat uh, how we live our lives so keystone habits have the power to transform all the other little habits so for example um because if we want to change we need to figure out what these keystone habits are so for example some of the keystone habits might be um Emotional eating, so that's yeah. quite a big, a big keystone habit. If we get to the root of why we are eating out of emotion, then all the little habits like oh, I stop at the shops and I grab this, or yeah. at lunchtime or after lunch I feel like something sweet, or um, when I'm sad, a glass of wine makes me feel better. So we can we can go to work with our willpower on all those little habits, or we can look at the overarching one, which is. Why am I emotional eating? Like, let's get to the root of that. Um, another example might be, let's say, procrastinating. Like, I, I procrastinate my training. I put it off, I put it off, I put it off. So we can we can look at all little habits such as, okay, I'm going to get into my workout gear. I'm going to set an alarm to go off at a certain time, go to the gym. Um, all those little habits. Or we can look at the, the keystone habit, which is, why am I procrastinating? Like, if we get to the bottom of that, it's almost like it's going to unlayer all these other ones. So why am I procrastinating? Oh, I really don't enjoy the gym. Okay, why don't I enjoy the gym? Um, I've had the same program for five months and I'm bored with it. Okay, yeah. let's deal with that. Yeah. Then you won't have to do all the other little things that are just kind of, um, they're just going to fall into place once you get to the, the bottom of that keystone. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's great. It's kind of finding out what what is it that you need from the main kind of source in order to remove that and then stop the ripple effect, if you like, across across the board. I mean, I hear it all the time where people have a bit of a flunk. They have a bit of a flunk at work. Um, they have a bit of a flunk with their social life. And it's because they're having a bit of a flunk in the gym with their health. Maybe they had a um, you know a retest or a remeasure and didn't quite get the result they wanted. So everything kind of flunks because of that one thing. So it's finding out, okay, well, maybe you didn't get the result you wanted. So, so what was going on there? What was the one thing that was holding you back the most? And is there a way that you can change that? Because without addressing that, that keystone habit, you're kind of just putting it to chance, aren't you? Yeah, you're, and you're having to exercise a whole lot of willpower all the time, and that yeah, is a, a limited resource. You know, yeah. if you've been at work all day and you've already used up a whole lot of your, your decision-making power and you get home and you're tired, and then you have to try and think about making a healthy meal or getting to the gym, um, that's hard. Draining. Very draining, yeah. But if you've set it up for yourself to succeed, it's it's just a given. You don't you don't even question those things. You're just going to do them. And um, and I think it's really important to look at the the 
flow on effect, like the snowball effect, because these things are going to get bigger and more powerful the more and more they escalate. And if we project ourselves forward um, and think about these things, if these things remain, who are we going to be? Like with the almost like with compound interest. Yeah. So, for example, let's say we're we're eating um, too often, we're eating too much, um, we're we're procrastinating, we're putting off the gym, um, we're chronically texting or chronically on Facebook, checking our feed all the time, watching too much TV, um, going to bed late, drinking too much, all of these things that are are very common and and kind of seemingly normal. But the the snowball effect, um, you know, what would this version of me look like in one year and two years and five years' time if if I still have this habit in my life? Um, because this is what should scare us. These tiny wires that get added each day until they become like a thick cable that mm. is so hard to break. And in five years, imagine trying to break it if we can actually break it before it becomes, you know, almost set in to our lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned some, some bad habits there, you know, by, by definition of moving forwards in a positive way. Those things probably would be considered there by most people as, um, as bad habits. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in, in, in just a second. But um, there's something that isn't related to health and fitness, perhaps. But everyone, I'm, well, I'm guessing here, but I'm pretty sure that most people listening would have had some instance in, in the last sort of year or so where they were guilty of being, you know, looking at their phone in the palm of their hand while someone was talking to them. And, you know, ultimately that, that little habit could be that you're checking your Facebook. It could be as simple as that. You, you finish what you're doing, you pick up your phone, it's automatic, you've done it without really thinking about it. And before you know it, you're doing the sacred thumb scroll. You're looking at your Facebook, you start to check your notifications, but lo and behold, one of your loved ones or your friends or, hey, shit, it could be a customer, is starting to talk to you, but you're kind of giving them half of you because, well, maybe not even half, maybe less, because your attention's on the Facebook. Now, that's an example of what Kat's saying there about having a knock-on effect. That particular habit could cost you a social interaction. Maybe that person really needs you in that moment, but you've completely blanked them because you're you're following this negative habit of checking your phone. I know I've done this before. I've been told off many times by my friends and family for being more interested in my phone than what they're saying at certain times. But that's just an example of the ripple effect that a negative habit could have because hey you could end up potentially damaging relationships or you know in business if it's a customer a business relationship because of that silly little habit that you really don't need to be doing at that time now can you think about a time when you've had that and when you've done that when you've been guilty of doing it and just take yourself out for a second and imagine what that looked like to be you that in that moment and what did it look like to be the other person i mean how rude do you look right there and that's an example of you know, a negative habit having a knock-on effect. So, Kat, what other bad habits do you think, you know, in, in fitness, in health and fitness, can people do that can hold them back? Yeah, that's a great example because it's so common. I heard recently a great talk on it, and I think it'd be great another podcast about yeah. we live in a constant state of partial attention, of giving part of our attention to our phone and part of the, our attention to something else. And I, I see this in the gym in between sets when people are resting yeah. and the rest period that should be 30 to 60 seconds, for example, <laughs> turns into about five minutes. So yep. the knock-on effect, if they're doing that every single workout, you imagine at the end of a month, end of six months, how just how their results might be fine, 
but imagine how great they could have been if they didn't do that little habit. Or if, um, um, for example, you're just going at a, a really moderate pace in your cardio and you're just, oh, I'm fine, I'm in the gym, at least I'm here, at least I'm going through the motions compared to every single time. What if I tried to push it up a bit more and I actually looked at my heart rate and I actually um, tried to push my my personal best um this time and, and I just keep doing that like I have a for example I used to have a rule that I never walked out of the gym until I felt that I'd given absolutely everything I had and I know yeah. you can't do that every single session but you think of the results of a person that that had that kind of mindset compared to someone that's that Definitely. has a like at least mindset like well at least I'm at the gym and I'll just go through the motions and um the cumulative effect of that is massive yeah um, even the accumulated effect of when it comes to nutrition um, of, let's say, the one-offs uh, becoming weekly as opposed to monthly. So at the end of the year, instead of having 12 occasions where you've kind of just gone right off track, you've now got 52. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a massive difference in how you look at yeah. the end of the year and how you feel. So very powerful. It's very powerful to address your habits. And we're going to talk um, about how to do that. Yes. Um, because, yeah, we don't want to just, just say how powerful they are without giving you some practical tips on how yep. to actually do it. Um, so when it comes to how to, how to do it, um, we've got to first of all look for whatever we're doing, what are we getting out of that? So let's say there's a trigger so there's a tr- the trigger might be I get home and I always just open the fridge. Mm-hmm. So there's the, the trigger is I get home and then the routine is I open the fridge. So if we're going to change a goal, we need to look at um, what the trigger is. So it could be external, it could be internal. It could be that someone walks into the office and says, oh, man, I really feel like chocolate. That's a trigger for you. And you think, oh, great, okay. now I do too. <laughs> Um, and then if your routine becomes every time someone says, I feel like chocolate, you go, oh, I do too. Can you grab me some? Then the reward is you get to eat the chocolate. So the sequence is the craving or yep. the, the trigger. Then there's the, the routine. And then there's the reward. So we need to change the routine or that middle part because the, the trigger is always going to be there. We can't stop that from happening mm. so if someone walked into my room right now and said oh i really feel like chocolate that is not triggering me because i've i've already made a preconceived decision that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna eat it mm-hmm. um however if you've got this internal dialogue going on where you're kind of looking for any excuse to give yourself permission to do that then you'll be triggered and you'll follow a set pattern if you've always just kind of folded if you know what I mean, when yeah. someone says that, you'll follow that same pattern. So we can't change the, the thing that um, Charles says in his book, The Power of Habits, is we can't change that that first or that last part um, because they're so ingrained. Mm-hmm. So if we use the same cue and provide the same result, you can actually shift the routine and change the habit. Um, so the cue and the reward stays the same. So let's say we, we look at what does that chocolate give giving you okay it's giving me distraction from my work this is the reward um it's giving me um just a few moments of pleasure okay what else could give me that what else is actually going to give me those good feelings because there's 
loads of other things that are going to give you those feelings besides just having the chocolate. Um, so we need to, first of all, list out the habits that aren't serving us. Yep. And then we need to list out um, what potentially could replace them. Mm-hmm. Because it's almost impossible to just remove a habit. We need to actually replace it with something else. Yes. Um, they're so ingrained in our brain that they it's almost impossible to um, break them. But if we break them down into the components, which is the cue, the routine, and then the reward, then we can actually swap them for something else. Yeah, that's um, that's so important for, for you for you guys that are listening. Just Kat, say that again about the cue and, and, and the, the, pr- the procedure, the, the, the run of events that happens, just those three things again. Sure. So the way your body works is the, the moment it sees the cue, it begins to crave the reward. Yep. So the cue is attached to the reward. It's like the Pavlov dogs. You know, the dogs start to salivate whenever they hear the bell, mm. uh, if you've heard that story. So the cue or the trigger might be I get home and I always feel like um, – putting my feet up and having a glass of wine. Yeah. That's my reward. So the cue is I've had a hard day, stressful day, I, I want some reward. The cue and the reward stay the same, but we change the middle part, which is the routine. So instead of putting our feet up and having a glass of wine, what else could we do that is going to give us a similar reward? As in, So what is the wine giving you? Because you're, yeah. you're doing it for a reason. You don't do it for no reason. You do it because it's giving you some kind of reward. So let's say the wine, okay, I forget about my day. Um, I can just relax. I can um, not have to think about work. Okay, are there other ways that are going to provide that reward? Yeah. What are, what are they? Yeah. It might be going for a run. It might be having a bath. It might be um, not even going home. It might be just saying, I don't go home because I've, I've got to change that, that cue or that um, – Sorry, not the cue. I've got to change the routine. So I know that when I get home, I want to put my feet up and have wine. So I'm going to go straight to the gym. So yep. I'm going to pack my, my bag so that it's not an option. Yep. And, yeah, that's, that's just one example. There's, there's many, yeah, of course. many examples. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but ultimately... Have you any examples of like things that you've changed personally, Tommy, or people that you've worked with? Yeah. Um, I spoke to someone yesterday, actually, um, about their success and one of the things they said was kind of similar to what you just said there but every time they got home they had their gym bag packed ready for them so they they literally got home got changed grabbed the bag went straight out again because the reward that they were looking for and uh, at the end of the day was uh, to ultimately de-stress and to start to generate positive energy having been at work all day uh, in a negative environment perhaps so that was the routine, that was the habit that she created in order to get that result. So when she did come home after doing that, she felt good. She had good emotions uh, of reward circling around her, if you like. And uh, and then and ultimately, the greater, bigger picture of things was that she was creating a better version of herself with the actions that she had put in place. So going to the gym. So that would be one example that I could share that's relatively similar to what you said there, but from from another point of view. Mm, Yeah, it's really good. Like you need to preload some decisions. You need to have these um, pre-thought-about decisions so that 
um, because it's really hard in the moment. You know, if you get home and your flatmate goes, oh, do you want a wine? And you haven't already made a decision that you're going to go to the gym. It's not an option. It's not negotiable. Um, then, then, like we're talking about, you've got to exercise all this willpower. It's like you need to decide for example, how much you're going to eat. If you just wait till the plate's in front of you, you're going to go on your emotions, which is this tastes really good. Why would I stop? You know, but you need to preload the decisions. Stop just letting your life happen to you and start, um, you know, forward thinking. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know that if I sit down with a massive plate of food, it's it's hard to stop if it tastes really good. So I'm going to put some in a container and put it straight in the freezer. Um, like for me, I find it really hard to stop if I've got a bag of nuts. Like mm. I find they're the, one of the most yeah. addictive things, especially cashews. I don't know what it is. I just can't have eight and then just stop. <laughs> so I put them in a dark plastic bag and they go in the back of my freezer because we are like children, you know, out of sight, out of mind. We need to distract ourselves and we need to just kind of get a bit hard on ourselves sometimes and go yeah. just stop. But it's, it's easier if we've pre-made that decision. So if I... One thing I used to struggle with is I would just keep masses of containers of food in my fridge and I'd just kind of um, serve it up each time I went to, to eat a meal. Now I've realized that I tend to um, just, like if I haven't portioned it out properly and put it in containers and put it in the freezer, then I will end up eating more. It's just a given because mm-hmm. it's really nice. Um, so now I just pre pre-contain everything up before I sit down to eat and I only serve myself a portion that is just the right size for me and yeah it just makes it a whole lot easier than having to go okay stop um you know stop when you're full and put the rest in the fridge for tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah so being better you prepared to set yourself up for success yeah make it easy on yourself which is a, almost like a habit in itself really isn't it yeah, that's just one example. But imagine over time the cumulative effect of that. Yeah, and it's a mindset, it's an attitude, and and if you can adopt that across the board, then it really helps. Like one thing that that um, that I do is whenever I'm on the treadmill, even if I'm doing perhaps a longer distance, I'll always do the last two hundred meters on the top speed. And I do that for two reasons. I do that for the physical benefit of always knowing I've got a little bit left in the tank. So just smashing out a sprint finish every time. But also I like to think that that's, that's how, that's the level of commitment that I have in my life across all areas. Like I'll always finish the best I can and always look to push myself to the absolute maximum level and keep that discipline because it's easy after half an hour, 40 minutes on the treadmill to go, oh man, that was it, you know, done done and dusted, press stop, and yeah, that would be good, but hey, what about finishing the last 200 metres on the top speed? One of the things that really gets me going as, a, as an individual, which is something that I've shared before in this podcast, is, is knowing that I do things that perhaps my competition or my peers or other people around me wouldn't do. And that's one thing that I think, yeah, who else is doing this? Because I'm doing this right here, right now, this is me. I'm pushing myself to be better, to become fitter, to be able to be the best I can at my sport. And I don't know if my opposing number is doing this. And you know what, even, even if they are, I don't care because I'm doing it and I'm doing it the best I can and I know that I'm pushing myself to my limits. But that translates and that spreads across all areas of my life. And you can bet, you know, your bottom dollar that if there was a decision to be made on food, 
I'd have the same approach. Because like you said about those keystone habits, they spread and have a ripple effect on everything else. And I know that you're going to talk about the ripple effect in another context in just a sec, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's, I, I love what you said about it being an attitude. It's kind of who you are because it kind of trains your brain. This is the kind of person I am. I'm a person that that finishes strong or, or never, you know, cuts corners. And, and your brain just goes, okay, I'm that kind of person yeah. because – you're acting like that in this one area. So it just assumes um, that that's, that's who you are. So yeah. when you go to um, other areas of your life when it comes to food and um, mindset and things like that, it's, it's almost like it's, it's a lot easier because it's just like this is my autopilot now. Um, I go the extra mile. I and, and it's funny, I kind of chuckle there because it's such a guy thing to, com- to be like – who else is doing that? You know, like, look, but whatever it takes, you know, if, if that competition drives you and helps you, then it's cool. I used to have a um, sign on my ceiling, well, um, while your competitors are sleeping, you're training or something like that. Well, while my competitors are sleeping, I'm up training. Yeah. And it would just be, it would drive me because I think I want to be the person out of bed going to the gym and I, I want to think that other people are sleeping right now. And I don't even know what they're doing, but I like I like that thought, and that was driving me in a competitive way. Um, but also, we we need to not only compare ourselves to others, but but who we could be. You know, not not who we used to be, but who we potentially could be. Like when when it comes to comparison, am I being the best that I possibly could? Because we've always got. Um, got more potential more things that we could do and so we might be thinking oh I've got all these good habits compared to my friends um, Mm -hmm. and we compare ourselves to people that maybe aren't really as good in our minds and feel pretty chuffed about it but that's not a good comparison because that doesn't mean that we're still living up to the potential that we have so I think it's really important not to be like oh my habits are really good compared to my flatmates compared to my friend whatever Um, yeah I think it's important that we don't get too What's the word? Um, I don't know, pious and be like, yeah. well, I'm doing so much better than the people around me. Because, <laughs> you know, what if you hung out with a group that were doing a lot better than you and they actually helped you lift your game? So, yeah, yeah when it comes to comparison, it's, it's you against you. Yeah, doing better than you did the day before, the week before, the year before, even the hour before. Um, you know, not that that's in, in order necessarily, but, um, <laughs> just looking to be the, you know, the, the best that you can and generating these positive habits. And I mean, is there anything you want to add before we go? And we're going to do a little exercise for people that can, uh, that can really help to perhaps get rid of a negative habit and replace it with a positive one today. We're going to do that today. But is there anything that you want to add before we do that? Um, I just want to give a, a seven a seven steps to a new habit briefly, and then we'll go into the Great. the close with the visualization. Um, so, seven steps to a new habit. First of all, make a decision. So you need a clear decision. Like this is what I'm doing. This is the new habit, or this is the, the habit I'm going to replace. Remember, we don't just get rid of habits; we always replace them. Um, number two, never allow an exception. So it doesn't mean we have to be perfect, but once you've made the decision for the first three weeks until it's like ingrained as a habit, just choose to make it a Mm -hmm. non-negotiable. So as soon as you start allowing exceptions, then your brain goes, oh, she's not that serious, um, and it will just allow more and more exceptions. 
Three, tell others. So get some accountability around it. And we talked about this in the goal setting podcast. You don't have to tell the world, but just tell a few trusted people. Um, create an affirmation, number four. So it might be, I eat greens every day. It might be to do with your identity. I'm the kind of, I'm the person who runs every day or whatever it's going to be. So create this um, identity type affirmation in your mind. Um, number five, resolve to persist. You're always going to be tempted. So just know that, remember that you're going to be tempted and um, resolve that you're going to persist through that, through that kind of uh, that like mm-hmm. uh, cravings or whatever it is. Uh, reward yourself. So remember your, your unconscious mind is always craving that reward to get its needs met. So you've got to keep meeting its needs you're just going to meet them with something else, something um, more conducive to your goals. And number seven, just remember one step at a time, just one habit at a time. Don't try and change too many. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's so that's, that's seven steps to a new habit, and then we're just going to talk about some, some good habits and, and wrap this up. Yeah. And so I've just got a list of good habits here. Mm-hmm. Um just going to lay them out, and as you're listening, if one stands out to you, um, write it down. If yes. you're not driving or at the gym or whatever, write this down. So just a few that uh, I find really help the people that I work with. So one of them is you can choose to replace grains with greens. Mm-hmm. It's nice and easy to remember, replace grains with greens. So it doesn't mean you have to do, do it for every single meal, but every time you're having a grain, think, could I serve this up on greens instead? Nice. Or could I... Instead of having porridge this morning, could I have a green smoothie instead? So you might make it a habit to just replace greens with greens with greens. Yep. Uh, habit might be that you you move for thirty minutes every day. I do something for thirty minutes. It doesn't have to be the gym. It could just be any kind of movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be that you take a fish oil and a multivitamin. Easy to add that habit in because you're not giving something up. You're just adding something in. Um, drinking at least eight cups of water a day, uh, eating at least four servings of vegetables a day. That's a nice, easy one to do. You're just adding things in rather than taking things out. Mm-hmm. Um, you might set a, a habit around your sleep. So you're going to sleep for at least eight hours or however long you need. During each meal, you stop when you're 80% full. So even if you just just got that one habit, you know, the cumulative effect of that would be massive, just stopping when you're 80% full. Nice. Um, you might have a habit to do five minutes of stretching at every break that you have at work. You might have a habit to eat lean protein with every meal. These are typically the kind of habits that I, I with, um, the online coaching um, people that I work with, we look at just really simple stuff like this. So yep. if, if you just employed one of these habits, this is really going to make a, quite a decent impact in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, if one stuck out to you, make sure you did write that down. Unless, of course, you're, you're unable to do so at the moment. Um, just go back and listen again because this podcast is here just like all our others. And uh, you can go back and check it out. And creating positive change is just doing, like we've said through this whole episode, one little thing at a time, one positive habit. And uh, Kat, unless there's anything else that you want to add, I think we can perhaps elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Great. So we say in, in NLP, in neurolinguistic programming, which is which is a technique that both uh, Kat and I use with our clients to coach them through the positive change process. 
we say when it comes to behaviors and habits, we say not this, but this. So think about perhaps a habit that you're doing, and you've been listening to this now for over 40 minutes, so you're probably already aware of your negative habits. And in particular, I want you to think about one. I want you to think about one habit that you have, that if you were just to be able to drop that habit and replace it with something else that was better, would have a big impact on the bigger picture in your life. So that one thing that's been great in you, that one thing that you, you know you've got to do it, you've known for a while now, and you just got to go and you know, sort it out. Think about that one habit. That is the one that we're going to say, not this, to. Okay? And what we're going to do today is generate a positive habit on top of that. So not this, but this. Because we can't just take it away. We've got to put something else in there so that we get that reward, that emotional reward that we've been looking for, as Kat explained earlier. So what we're going to do today is become aware of that negative habit and start to unwrap it. I want you to think about it now. Think about that negative habit. What is it exactly? Now, can you see yourself through your own eyes doing it? Can you figure out what that cue is? What starts that particular habit? What's the first thing that happens that comes into your awareness that then leads to you doing that behavior. I want you to imagine that you're playing it on a movie screen and just press pause. So sit back in the movie chair and now look at yourself on that screen doing that habit that you want to change. So can you see yourself doing it? I just want you to notice all the negative associations that you get with that picture right now. Does it look like you want to look? Does it, does it feel, as you look at that picture now, like you? What does it feel like, perhaps a previous version of you that you want to change now? Perhaps it looks a little bit ugly to you. you know, perhaps it looks like someone else. Uh, that's not me. I don't want to be doing that anymore. Well, whatever it is that you're thinking now, make sure that all the thoughts associated to this picture are all negative ones. And start to anchor those negative thoughts and feelings around that particular behavior. And what, what I want you to do right now is think about what you could do instead of what you see in front of you. Start to think about another alternative behavior that you could do. What would give you the same kind of feeling, the same kind of positive feeling, but what would be a better way to do it? What action could you do instead of the one you see in front of you that would lead you towards a more positive outcome? Have a think. Think up your options. Maybe there's one or two things, but then narrow it down to just one. Narrow it down to just one. What thing could you do instead? of what you see in front of you. So not this, but this. And imagine what would happen as a knock-on effect if you did that every single time. If you started to do that and made it a part of your life so that it was as easy as tying up your own shoelaces. Now at first, it's gonna need your conscious attention, but you can put that into it. It's only one little thing at a time. This is the one little thing, but it's gonna make a big impact. So once you've conditioned yourself by repeating this behavior again and again and again, being aware of the cue, changing the behavior in the middle, and still getting that positive reward, eventually it will become an unconscious behavior and it will be as easy as tying up your shoelaces. Everything that you know was learned. You didn't know at one time, okay? Once upon a time, you didn't know how to do up your shoelaces. And hell, you were frustrated trying to tie those bows and wrap it around and pull it tight. And you looked around at the adults and thought, man, these guys are doing it. It's just easy for them. But you learned how to do it. You practiced. You did it. You got it wrong a couple of times. That's okay. But now 
you can do it and it's effortless, it's easy. And this is going to be exactly the same because this is just a skill you're going to learn too. So start to condition it. Take on board everything that, that, that Kat and I have said today in this podcast. And if you want to go back and listen to it again, then that's cool because this is a big deal. If you can achieve one little change right here today, then you're going to need to kind of repeat that again in perhaps a month's time. So, hey, I hope that you found that useful and that you've enjoyed the content that we've shared with you today. Kat, is there anything else that you want to add? Oh, I think that, that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, I think we just need to reiterate the power of, of big power doing this. Yeah, not just knowing it, but actually applying it. Because all of us know a lot of stuff that we're not necessarily doing. Yeah. So it's not only just the knowledge, but the desire. You know, to actually um, to have the benefit of why we'd want to change this habit. So. Changing habits just can feel quite awful and quite, oh, I don't want to do this. It's, you know, I don't want to change. But, yeah, really focus on the benefit that you're going to achieve um, and receive from, from doing this. Absolutely. You've got some new knowledge now. And people say that knowledge is power, but you know what? It's the application of that knowledge that holds the potential for that power. So go and do something now that's going to help you in the long run and it's going to make you feel good. And we'll look forward to, to, to serving you again in a future episode of The Transformation Co. But before we go, we just want to, to say to you, thank you for listening to this episode. We really do appreciate the fact that you're here, that you're listening, that you're involved in this conversation with us. And what we'd like to do today is offer you the chance to ask us questions. And you can do that on our Facebook page. If you haven't already visited us on Facebook and liked the page, then it's facebook.com forward slash transformation code. And feel free to send in your questions because we will look at them and we always look at our messages. And we will, if we see it appropriate for a future episode, we'll discuss your question and perhaps give you a few answers as well. If you're a little shy to put it on the public domain, then you can just private message us. That's absolutely fine. But we want to hear from you. Yes, you listening to this right now. We want to hear from you. So that's all from me, Kat. I'm going to hand over to you if you want to say goodbye to, to the listeners and then we're going to touch base again next time, talk about some more exciting topics. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for listening. And um, please do, if you've enjoyed the episode, um, just subscribe on iTunes, uh, leave us a review and please share it with your friends. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. That's all for now. Bye-bye from me. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>